You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Savannah Blake. Hi. Savannah, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? Okay, so um, I actually have two professions <clears throat> that are seemingly completely different, but the longer I do them, the more they intertwine and I realize that they all really go together. Can I guess but, what uh, they are um, real quick? Sure, go for it. All right, you said two different jobs. So I'm going to guess taxi driver and accountant. <laughs> Close. Oh, okay. <laughs> so online, I am a confidence coach. I help people, I help women mainly build their confidence uh, all over the world. And then in my community, I'm a birth doula. So I help mothers through pregnancy labor, birth, delivery, and postpartum. Oh, whoa. Okay. Um, they seem like really two different jobs, but actually I can tell the similarity between it because with postpartum depression is pretty common. Um, you're seeing nowadays with normal depression, they're very, very similar. I don't want to say it's the exact same thing, obviously, but with depression, it is a rising incline in our society today you're seeing a very i guess up i guess we would say upward rise towards the progression and how kids are developing developing it at younger and younger ages Mm -hmm. um mental health is definitely a serious subject that i can go and give my own personal experience on too how did you decide to become I guess, a confidence coach? Is it just because you had to go through an experience? Because it always seems like when someone's interested in uh, mental health or really completely aware of it is because they're going through it themselves or they have experienced it at a young age. Yeah, definitely. So um, I didn't talk for about 23 years of my life, the the first, the first portion. And, um, fell into the coaching world by accident. I had no I had no idea the personal development world even existed. I was in a uh, multi-level marketing company and researching how to better coach my team and uh, stumbled into this world and was just kind of taken away from there and I knew instantly that it resonated with who I am and I'm a, I'm a natural teacher. Like I, uh, I was always playing teacher growing up and whatnot and teaching the other kids around me and, uh, and all the jobs I ever had throughout my life, I always landed in the trainer position. So it was kind of a natural flow into coaching. Um, it took me a really long time to figure out what I was coaching people. And then it's so funny because the more you figure out about life, you, it's always, uh, it always comes full circle. So when you have a realization of something, you often find that you knew all along, you just kind of had to get there. And, um, so yeah, confidence coaching is what I fell into because 
uh, per anxiety and my own lack of confidence, I didn't talk for so long. And I thought that was strange. I thought I was the odd man out. But the more I learned and the older I got and the more people I came into contact with, uh, the more I realized that it's actually a super common problem. Yeah. Um, I think it's it happens to do with a lot with suppression. Like I was a very extrovert kid. I was very, you know, talkative, very class clownish through school. It's probably why, you know, they didn't like me really being in there. I always wanted to be the laugh, I guess, this kind of the attention in the room. Um, as I got older and fell into high school, I started becoming very, very distant from a lot of people, very introvert because I was, I guess, bullying a major effector in my life. Um, and eventually, once I got out of high school, I stopped talking to people for three years or so. I had one close friend that I would, you know, hang out with all the time, but everybody else was just, no, nope, no going out to parties, no doing anything like that. It was just like, I, I don't need that stress in my life anymore. It was mostly on the factors of trust, too. Um, it, it was a difficult time. And I realized, like I tell all people, you can't be introvert forever. You can't just not socialize. You can do it for a long time, but eventually someone is going to say something to you. You're going to have a conversation and you're going to feel like it hugged your soul. Um, mm -hmm. I always bring up the video game Sims. I don't know if you've ever played that. Uh -huh. Um, with the emotions and all these things. Well, every other skill drains faster than the rest. And then there's the social skill that drains slower than everything. So much like how when I played the game, I created what one guy gave him, you know, a good like all these, you know, make them extra muscular, like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's me. That's that's me for sure. And then, um, you know, I had everything set a good job career had this life set up and I was, I was building a party house. But I was taking care of everything but the social skill. I didn't feel the need to go talk to the neighbors that were knocking onto the porch that were, you know, wanted to have a party or wanted to hang out giving calls. And I would just ignore all the invites to go out. And I realized my sim was getting very depressed. He went into a point I never fully understood it until just last year. Um, I decided to spark up the game again after I haven't played it since I was a kid. And I realized you can't isolate yourself completely um, just because you need, you need that interaction, you know, you need interaction, whether it's with your family, whether it's with friends, whether it's with whatever, you know, like I've been in a slump for a while. I mean, I just went to the movies uh, the other night um, and it was the first time in probably almost a year that I've done anything with any of my friends. I've just been working and so busy with all these stuff that I haven't really had time. And I feel completely refreshed. Like all my problems went away. My brain feels clear. Mm -hmm. I definitely I to all of that. I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a difficult scenario we put ourselves in because I believe all of our emotional and mental health now is on the basis of empathy, which is what the world is lacking Um, mm -hmm. really because technology has became such an influence into our lives. So many people rather go home after a long day, not handle their stress turn on Netflix and Snapchat their friends. That works for a little while. It's like false empathy. You know, you can get that communication with somebody um, through a Snapchat, through a text. And it, it's not the same effect, though, if you were hanging out with them in person. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's difficult, like, because my buddy was the one I went to go see uh, the movie with. He's the one that I first did my first episode with, where we just talked about shitting the whole time. 
And like, he's like, dude, he goes, man, your podcast, you're on season three. I'm like, yeah, man. And um, he just goes, remember our first episode? We're just sitting in my room and we were just shooting the shit literally about shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, <laughs> like if he would have sent me a Snapchat, he wouldn't have been able to express. And I wouldn't have got that emotion, that energy that he was giving off. That was so positive. That was able to, I guess, recreate or make me recover from the slump I was going through. To be a wellness coach, to be a confidence coach after not talking for 23 years, why did you, first of all, I mean, how did you not talk for 23 years? Just, you just isolated yourself? Well, um, I have, uh, I was bullied also through uh, elementary, middle and high school. So I just sat by myself, mostly in the corner. Um, I had a couple of friends, but nothing extensive and um so not to say that I didn't talk I could I just wasn't very talkative there's people who have known me my entire life who have never heard me say a single word it it uh, seems like talking is more of a hassle sometimes too yeah definitely I definitely feel like um it takes a lot more energy to have a conversation or talk at all than it does for me to like go run a mile, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you're talking to a person that talks all the time, loves talking, loves cracking jokes. You know, I like to use humor in my everyday life. Um, people are like, but you're really smart. I'm like, no, I'm not really, but I'm intellectual, but I choose to be funny because why do you want to be serious half the time? And mm-hmm. it, it's difficult now because just striking up a conversation with people, you see them get very offended about anything anymore. And I believe it all deals with the factors of we're not really connecting as people anymore we're looking for things to get mad at we're looking at a a way to get through rather than focusing on you know we're people all trying to live on this earth together why don't we take the time to associate and connect yeah for sure it's it's hard to change the culture um which is what a lot of it comes down to you know our generations are questioning the culture of you know small talk and um, like not small talk itself, but like meaningless small talk and yeah, default the, uh, answers, default answers. Yeah. When someone asks yeah. you how your day's going and as they're saying uh-huh. that they'll walk, yeah, they'll walk by you as they're saying, Oh, how's your day going? And you're like, oh, yeah. they're, they're still walking. And I tell people I will not respond to you. I will just, I will their eyes glaze over. Like they, you can obviously tell that they don't care at all. I mean, I'm at, I'm at fault myself for, you know, I'll have the headphones in at the gym or something because that's my one stress relief. So it's like, I don't want anybody talking to me when I'm there, but you know, eventually I just pull a headphone out and I'm like, Hey man, you know, I've given advice. I've helped people, especially new people that are coming to the gym. I see them every day, you know, it lasts like a week and a half, but I'm like, I'll give you the advice that someone never gave me. So you don't Mm -hmm. hurt yourself. You know what I mean? You don't fall into pitfalls, but we give a default autopilot response to people throughout our everyday lives. Nobody strikes up an original conversation anymore. Yeah, I've, I'm, I've been trying to um, put in some, I don't want to say fail safe, but some mechanisms that maybe get us past this a little bit. Like I told myself that I started this, let's see, about a year ago, probably, whenever someone asks I'm good or everything's great or I'm fine or whatever that, you know, normally people say, 
I'm going to be completely and raw honest because that's the only way that we're going to start connecting with people is if you open up that dialogue of vulnerability to be like, hey, I'm not having an okay time and that's okay. I don't expect you to do anything for me other than, you know, you asked me, so I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, it feels like a lot of the times, like, I mean, this is popular, I think, with self-checkout. A lot of people just don't even want to associate with people anymore. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it gets difficult. I mean, the one time, like, I always use self-checkout, but the one time I actually want to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe I can strike up a conversation. I get that interaction and maybe see how that person's doing. And I go up, put literally a head of cabbage or something. That's right. I'm a healthy guy. I eat cabbage. And um, I put it onto the you know, the conveyor belt and she rings it up. And I'm like, so how's your day going? And she goes, don't get me started about my day. I'm like, fuck, it's seven o'clock in the morning. How is your day already started off in a shit spiral? Like, I don't understand what is going on. And then they start rambling and you're getting way too much. You can't process it all. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not even handling things in my own life effectively. And you're telling me all your problems too. Mm Mm-hmm. And it comes from, like I said, we're not dealing with anything as right as we should be anymore. And we're seeing it going to it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse because it's so much easier to sweep something under the carpet rather than focus on it and narrow down the actual problem and fix it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you talk about, you know, doing confidence and all, all these types of like training. Like, how do you how do you impose confidence onto someone that might not have any? Uh, well, you don't really impose it. You uh, teach them how to cultivate it. Um, I had uh, crippling anxiety most of my life to the point where sometimes I physically couldn't make words come out of my mouth. And um, I slowly over time through learning about myself and who I was and where these things stemmed from, because uh my anxiety stemmed from various things between you know, being bullied throughout my life, uh, not having a super great home life at that. And um, I had some food allergies that I found out were causing some of my anxiety. So just various like, trauma based. I uh, totaled two vehicles in one weekend and then did drive for six years. How did you total and, uh, two vehicles in one weekend? Yeah, so <laughs> um, the first one, I ran a stop sign and a van T-boned me in my side. It was terrible. Uh, walked away with just some bruises and a busted knee, so that was great. But the next day, uh, I guess I, I really shouldn't have been driving yet. Um, I was still a little shaken up from the initial wreck. So someone slammed on their brakes in front of me to turn. No blinker, no anything. And I freaked out and swerved a little bit and hit the culvert and totaled the. I mean, it, that was a minor wreck, but they totaled the truck because the bottom frame was bent. How, okay, hang on a second. How old are you when this is happening? I was 17. And at any point after the first wreck, your parents saw you reaching for the keys. They were like, maybe we shouldn't let her drive. No, um, no, I was pretty well left to my own devices growing up, but, uh, <laughs> oh, it was my grandfather who gave me the truck. Uh, I told him my car and my grandfather was like, you still need a vehicle to get to and from work and to and from, I had 
my best friend lived around the corner on the same block. And then my boyfriend, who I'm now married to, uh, lived at the end of the other road. So the deal was I could have the truck as long as I drove to and from work and home and to and from their two houses. And that was it. That was the only places I was allowed to go. And uh, I was abiding by that. (laughs) Okay. So you're abiding by it, but hold on a second. When you crashed that second time, did you have to call your grandfather and explain to him what happened again? Yes. And it was did he say, Did he literally say we're getting you a fucking bike or something? Because no. like I, I would be like, look, you're not driving anymore. Like our insurance is going through the roof now. <laughs> no, he actually said, uh, it's okay, these things happen. I wish you had called the police. Um and uh he took me like the next week to go find a truck of my own and help me finance it <laughs> another oh my god if i was if i was you know your guardian or parent i'd be like look okay we're gonna have to you're gonna have to start walking for a little while okay i don't trust you at least this is a bad week okay let's maybe try next month or something yeah i mean i didn't trust myself either though and i think they could see that looking back i was like i don't want another one like i'll just catch rides and they're like you can't live your life well just that's catching rides yeah that's a bit of <laughs> PTSD you probably got. Um, a lot oh, of, yeah, for a sure. Lot, a lot of people think PTSD is linked to like war and all these things. I'm like, no, you can get P- PTSD over like anything. Um, oh, yeah. I got PTSD when it comes to jet skis. I was hit by a jet ski. I got in like a severe accident. Somebody ran up me like a ramp. And oh. um, I was a guide for a couple of years, but I continued guiding for a year or so afterwards. I would not let any, like before people could just ride up to me on a jet ski and be like, what's up, man? No, this time you shut your jet ski off a good 50 yards away from me. And you sat there and waited until I come up to you. And it's dangerous because when you're on a jet ski, people think like, oh, I rented this. So I have full control and I know how I've been on it five minutes. I know how to you know ride this thing. Perfect. So mm-hmm. they'll drive at you and they don't realize the dangers. Like you got to take an account for when you hit the brake, because some the newer jet skis do have brakes, a lot of them usually don't. Um, it drops a grate behind the jet ski, so it's slowing you down. So you're also working off the water. So it's like if you are swimming in the water and you stop, you're still kind of moving forward. The momentum's still kind of carrying you a little bit. You don't come to like a dead stop, you know? Right. And I, I try and explain that to people, but you know, they'll just keep riding up. Next thing you know, people are bumping into each other because they stop like a good two feet away next thing you know the water just all that momentum throws them right into the person i'm like man like you don't realize the dangers but i was getting ptsd from it like people would ride up to me like whoa and i'd get like mini heart attacks i'm like oh my god and i'd start getting like freaking out like i was gonna get hit again you know right. and that's what same thing i had a buddy that um got into a severe car accident got his foot ripped off um yeah. had to get major surgery and everything and he lost the passenger that was in the car with him. And mm. he talks about it. Like, I was like, how hard was it for you to get behind the steering wheel and be able to function again? And like, even on the podcast, he was talking, he was like, man, he goes, I had PTSD for the longest time. It's just trying to get in the car was the most difficult thing I've ever experienced. Just sitting in that seat in the driveway at, before, without even the car being on was the hardest thing he's had to do in his life so far. And yeah. like, man, like to think 
all this stuff, like, I really don't think people understand how sensitive and fragile that the human mind really is emotionally and more on the lines of mentally as well. I mean, it's a powerful device. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the problems we can solve, the things we can fix, but the, when it comes to depression, emotional issues, it boggles my mind that some people will look at someone that suffers from severe emotional and mental stress and say, what's wrong with you? It, I, I've, I've seen kids come up to parents, to people that don't suffer from depression, saying I have severe anxiety and all these things. And the parents just look at them and go, what, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Like, get over it. It's not, you're not really, you know, you're not affected because they think they can never be affected by it. And you don't understand. It's not something you're born with. It's not something you're, you, you, you just, you only can develop it at a young age. You can develop it at any point in your life. Oh yeah, for sure. Now, what types of things do you try and, I guess, say to people that would get them, I guess, a confidence booster or try and outline themselves for confidence? I know some people that do like social media influencing, but they do it in the more positive way, showing the benefits of it. Like follow people that are normal, average day people, not celebrities. So you don't feel like you don't have anything. Feel like, you know, everyone's kind of at the same general level as you, you know, things that are obtainable to you. Yeah. Well, um, so I don't have like a general set of toolbox that I give everybody. Everything's tailored to the individual because first we have to go through and figure out what's causing um, you to hold yourself back and suffer from the anxiety because some anxiety is medical. Like, for example, I have a soy allergy that causes some of my anxiety. Um, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like my body just starts kind of buzzing. And, um, but there are, you know, there's trauma-based anxiety and then there's um, emotional abuse-based anxiety. So first we had to figure out what's causing your particular brand so we can figure out how to get past it. And um, the emotional-based and the uh, the overthinking base, the trauma base, those are easier to get past than the uh, medical base, because the medical base, you really, it's hard to figure out what's causing that. I didn't know a soy allergy was causing mine until um, I started breaking out with eczema from head to toe, and my doctor put me on an elimination diet. We found out I was allergic to soy. I cut it out of my diet. And whoa, most of my anxiety disappeared overnight. So. Um, once we figure out what's causing yours, we can start reworking the mindset that has you where you are and get you to where you want to be. You strike strike me as someone who's very interested in like, um, meditation. Uh, Oh yeah, definitely. I tried it a couple of times. I don't like it. it. Makes me feel awkward when I do like downward facing dog or something like that. But I get why people can enjoy it. It is a sense of relaxation. I know so many people that use breath techniques and these types of um, forms of like yoga or meditation to release stress. I mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't realize how pent up and actually full of stress they really are until they truly take the time to diagnose it, such as like sitting down and going like like, cause then you feel like when you're doing that exhale, you start hearing like the, 
like, cause you start feeling like, you know, the, the, the breath seemed like they're getting cut off and you realize you have an overwhelming amount of stress in you where that deep sigh felt like, I don't even know, like a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what types of things like, are you interested in, um, what types of forms of meditation are we talking about? Are we talking about like, you know, a lot of what we see on social media where it's like the green shakes, are you more interested into the actual real meditation? The ones where you sit down, isolate yourself or, you know, be able to really focus on your inner self, like kind of, I guess, I don't want to say chakra, but more like the energy that you can kind of give off. Okay. So there's a lot of different types of meditation. There's a lot of misconceptions about meditation as well. Um, I had someone side note, I had someone about a year ago tell me that they didn't believe kids should be meditating because, um, it allows them to commune with spirits and yeah. So meditation really is, um, all it is, is quieting your mind. It doesn't matter what you're doing while your mind is quieting. As long as you're creating that space, you are meditating. And there are different branches of it, like you said, with the breathing techniques and the relaxation techniques. But if you're cleaning your house and uh, just zoned in to what you're doing and you're not listening to music or listening to a podcast, then that is considered meditation. Or if you're going for a walk, excuse me, and you're not listening to things, you're not occupying your mind, that is considered meditation. I definitely saw uh, recently there was an article where a school, instead of doing um, detention or doing a form of guest punishment for uh, crazy behavior, uh, such as like alternative education, where you just isolate the kid with a bunch of other kids that can't really function in a class hold setting, much like myself when I was a kid, um, they actually started doing meditation classes and they found that the kids were being a lot more polite, being a lot more calmed down, being able to focus more. And even with bullying, a lot of the kids that would be considered bullied or emotionally hurt were able to focus and have a sense more of empathy and become friends with some of the kids that they were bullying. And they've been doing this with kids at the ages of six and seven. So to see that bullying is affecting that and obviously that if they're starting to change it, maybe we can start creating a process here where if we start maybe doing more forms of meditation, like a class in school, we'll be start seeing benefits in the world today. If we just started, you know, starting that now, maybe 10 years from now, we're going to see more people that are going to have a minute to sit down. I mean, I think when a lot of people think of meditation, they think of like yogi chants and stuff or having a bonsai tree on your work desk. But it's a form of relaxation. I mean, I can get relaxation from uh, something different than you would get relaxation from. You have different interests and you've walked your own kind of path in this way that has gotten you to, you know, you know, your comfort zone. For me, I live in a beach town. So when I go out into nature, when I, you know, walk out my front door and I smell the nice whiff of sea salt in the air, you know, it fills my lungs and especially how it's kind of cold outside now. It's a frost like it's a frost kind of air chill that goes into your lungs and you feel like grab a hold of it, like with two hands, like someone's squeezing your lungs. And it's like, it's so awakening and it makes you really realize the moment that you're kind of standing in. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I think these are perfect forms of, you know, relaxation techniques or a form of meditation. I mean, I see so many people out in the morning you know, in the, even in the freezing cold to this extremely hot, they're out there just doing yoga on the beach. 
And I'm like, it's about getting that proper mindset in too. And you don't need a place to do it. You can do it in your house. You know, yeah. you don't need an extraordinary place, but it's about taking and crafting out the time to do so. And also isolating everything, your phone, your thoughts, and just, just focusing on the, like just breathing. Now, when it comes to mental health, would, do you have any fixes that you've seen or that you've kind of come across that have worked for you that maybe you could, that you kind of try and give advice to others on? Cause it feels like when it comes to mental health, everyone feels like the tunnel's never going to end. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I've had to relearn a bunch of things and a bunch of different ways of doing things with working with clients because I am lucky enough to have like a soldier's type mentality where it's like, it doesn't matter what you're going through, just do it. You know? So I've always been able to do that for myself, but I know it's not that easy for other people. Um, so like you said, just surrounding yourself with positivity helps a lot. Cutting out the things in your life that don't feel good. And, um, there's I always have to I always stress that there's a difference between resistance and um, discomfort. This uh, resistance is something that's like it's not for you. Um, every cell in your soul, every cell in your body is just like, oh, I don't want to do this. No, um, you know, for example, me with sports. I've tried to like sports. I just I have so much resistance. I'm just like I, I can't do it. Oh, what types of sports though? Are we talking about soccer? Oh, any of them. <laughs> I like I like croquet. I have no idea why, but I always feel really elegant when I do croquet, even though I'm really just hitting something with a hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. The whole like uh culture and vibe behind it for sure. Every, that's a default topic too. Everybody always brings up sports in a conversation. Yeah. And yeah, like they're, they're talking about like football or basketball and I just come in there like, Hey, golfing's awesome. Right. And everyone's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I live in the South. So, um, if you don't, if you're not into sports, then you're the odd man out. You're the weirdo. We don't know how to talk to you. If you're not in sports. So. I, I never liked doing sports talk on the concept of like when you first meet somebody and you bring up a sports, like, oh, you see somebody with like a Ravens hat on or you see someone with like a, a jersey on for their favorite team and you go, oh, you like that team? And then you start shooting, you know, to get into a really good conversation about the team, you know, shooting the shit, all this type of stuff. Then every time you see that person, that's the only topic that ever gets brought up. Yeah, because that's the safe topic. That's the one you know how to discuss with that person. And then your relationship with that person is stuck with that. You never know if you're going to be able to actually full on connect with the person. You're like, yeah, I know Timmy's a good guy. Ravens fan. Like him. Like him a lot. Next, you know, you go up to him and it's like off season or whatever when the football's not anymore. So what do you think their hopes are for next year? And it's like, that's what the conversation is. But you're like, hey, man, you want to catch a drink? Then you guys go out and sit at the bar like, so what are you interested in? Not a whole lot, man. And then there's no conversation yeah. at all. And you're just like, wow, I really actually am not as friends like I think I am with this person. Yeah, nobody knows how to go in depth with a conversation or learn about a person like at all. I have a, another reason that I've never been a social butter, butterflies because I can't really do small talk. Like 
if you want to talk about your hopes and your dreams and your ambitions and your traumas and your past experiences, then we can, we can have a conversation for three days straight. But if you want to talk about surface level things like media and do you want to talk about origami? I don't really know a whole lot. About it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I barely know anything about origami. I think I made a paper airplane once and I think it, it hurt somebody or did something poke them in the eye. Oh gosh. See, I'm see everyone always asks me like, how do you just have conversations with people without like researching or bringing up a topic? Cause whenever I bring up, you know, uh, doing the podcast, I invite somebody. They're always like, what's the topic? I'm pretty sure you probably did the same thing. Um, I did it, not actually. Oh, I was did. like, it's, it's cool. Nope. We'll, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, we'll figure it out. I get so many people that are like, it's, it's what's the topic can, so I can study or do something or know what you want to talk about. And I'm like, that's not it. Like my mom told me when I was a kid, don't talk to strangers and don't get in their van unless they have peanut butter cups. But it turned into a new form of technology where I can talk to strangers and not get hurt. So, Hey, yeah, you know, it's perfect. I'm basically not obeying authority and I'm doing what I like to do. So it's like, it's a win-win. I'm all for rebellion. I'm telling you, it's, you know, even when I go out into my everyday life, I always strike up that conversation at the store. I'll let someone go in front of me mostly because like, you know, it's weird. I, I, I can tell on days, like if I work out in the morning, and then if I work out at night, if I work out at night, I'm, I don't get that sense of relief until after, you know, I don't get that sense of not stress until after the gym. So I'm like already like going home. So it's not really taking effect into my life, but like, I've been starting to work out in the morning again. And for the rest of the day, I'm just walking around, like chill as a cucumber. Like I'm like, just yeah, get in front of me, you know. Oh, you cut me off in traffic. That's okay, man. I'm not in that much of a hurry. Just like like I'm on someone just handed me like 10 joints and was like, smoke these. Like I'm just like, because I have no stress. That that's yeah. my stress relief. I can tell anybody. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be anything of this sort. If you like ping pong, if you like whatever you like, just sit and play it for a little bit. Get yourself leveled throughout the day. The problem is when you go out into the world after you wake up. You probably have the mindset, like, I got to go to work, got to do this. I hate my job, whatever it is. You're already creating a negative influence that's going to shadow you through the whole entire day where you're not going to treat yep. anybody with respect. Yeah. How you start your day off is the most important thing that you can do. Sets the pace for the rest of the day. A bowl of raisin bran is the best way. Two scoops of sunshine. <laughs> I mean, see, because I get really interested in a lot of things when it comes to like, I guess, fitness a little bit and yoga and meditation. I never truly understood until a couple of years ago, I decided to, you know, take it up and try it. And it's definitely a peaceful, relaxing thing. I definitely tell people like, you know, don't don't do it if you don't want to do it. If it's not, you know, it's obviously not your forte, but do something you enjoy. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, if you like talking to people, talk to people. If you like this would become a stress relief for me having a conversation with you like I'm already set for the day I love that we did it in the morning and it's I tell people just do one thing that you know you love for a minute or so like you know if even plan it out because the bad part is when you plan it out though and it's like at the end of the day like when I get home from work I'm going to do this after all the stress throughout the day hits you when you get home you don't want to do that plan anymore. Yeah. 
You just want to melt into the couch and not move for a little bit. Yeah, you want to put the sweatpants on and relax. And I just, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big proprietor for mental health because I know it's affecting kids worse and worse. And I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think this is because of the world that we live in with social media now? There are a lot of different factors. Um, Social media, the culture, the toxins in our everyday lives that we're dealing with the the way my doctor explained to it explained it to me is um you have like a toxins bucket per se and your body is really good at cleansing out those toxins but when they build up and your bucket starts getting too full and it can't keep up with them it starts overflowing that can cause it so you feel like kind of like throughout the day, you're kind of like a wishing fountain. I guess you would say people are always constantly throwing their problems into your fountain. Um, well, not really because, uh, I'm well-practiced in not letting Well, not for you, but for the average person, you know, that's constant. Oh yeah. 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 Probably that would, that would have a lot to do with it. We are so affected by the people around us and it's really easy to be like, well, don't let them affect you or don't take what they say personally, but we're emotional beings and we take everything personally. It's because we're, we're meant to develop connections with people. We're not meant to be isolated from everyone, even though it is good sometimes. I mean, if you stay with your family for a week in the house and nobody's leaving, nobody's going anywhere, you're just around each other 24 seven, eventually someone's reaching for a butter knife. It's going to happen. Someone's going to snap. But it's, it's, we do need to be alone when we have to deal with like maybe an hour or so or sleep or so, you know, you need to be alone for that. You can't be around people 24 seven, but you can't completely isolate yourself either. Um, We give off a form of energy people do. I mean, I think we all know the, some people that like you talk to and it feels like after the conversation is over, you feel energized. You feel like, holy crap, like that was an amazing conversation. You got really interested in it. And you were just ready to go. You're all ramped up like someone recharged your batteries. Then we all know the people that have a wet towel personality. Man, that one is draining as hell. You go and sit there and talk to them like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know. Like, wh- what do you mean? You, you want to go bowling? You want to go to the movies? I don't know. It's like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing to me? I can feel the life getting sucked out of me. People call them emotional vampires. It's not mm-hmm. their fault. Um, no. It's mostly because the interests aren't the same. You know, it's 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 hard because, like I said, I know I keep saying it over and over again. When it comes to mental health, there's just way too much we don't understand. And even though it seems like we're getting a pretty good grasp on it now, there's so much left to uncover. I mean, you brought up before nutrition base. I mean, there's multiple factors that lead into creating a better person, creating a healthier person. I think a lot of people, when they look at what it means to be healthy, they look at your fitness routines, all these types of things, when really it can be based down to your nutrition too. If you eat like shit, you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. And there's even going into that, like people don't know, you know, the internet is still fairly new and the younger generations, we grew up with the internet. And so we have access to all of these things and we're not, we don't know how to have our questions not answered, you know, 
But before the internet, nobody knew how to get their questions answered. You had to either go search through the library for hours on end to answer a question or hope that somebody around you knew the answer. And um, so you can still see a lot of that carrying over that we're in this golden age of knowledge. But at the same time, there's so many people who don't access it because that's just not what you did for like the all through humanity. So my point is that um, when I was growing up, the only sense of health was a salad. That was how they defined health. Or that's, your weight. that's how you lose weight. You gotta, you gotta eat you a know, salad. It's like, oh, you gotta eat a salad. There's a little bit more to that one. Yeah. See, uh, I was a chubby kid and um, there was about a year where I was only allowed to eat salad. Like that was it. And um, that's how they measured health. And there's so many factors in health that your mental health, your physical health, your spiritual health. And then every one of those goes really deep. There's a thousand and one different things that you could be doing for your health. Yeah. Your this, this, society. Person, this personal trainer I know, his name's Chuck Okenauer. He was on my first season of my podcast and we were talking, I was like, he brought up a really good point. Cause he's like, Rob, you've been coming in here every day, haven't missed a day. And this was about four years in. I'm at about seven years going every day now. So about three years ago, he's like, your body is, you can train your body as much as you want. But if you're not focusing also on the mental aspect, you're going to really hurt yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, read a fucking book, man. Do yeah. something. Do something besides just work out your physical thing because your mind is a muscle as well. Just do something, you know, focus on things you want to do. Look up information, articles you're interested in and read them. And I'm at the gym doing push-ups with a book in front of me, literally just like going up and down, reading pages and stuff. Because I'll spend two to three hours at the gym. And he was like, you're going to notice a change. He goes, you're feeling like you're in a slump because you are in a slump because you're not doing anything new anymore you're just training your body every single day you're not messing with your mind mm -hmm. so through that i decided to look up other things i decided to get interested in different topics and look up things you know just in look up go take a stroll on the internet but don't look at all the dumb articles that some person writes up about like webmd where you have this disease if your foot hurts or something you know don't don't go into that stuff. Look at some true, interesting stuff. Stuff throughout history. I found I had a fascination with Greek mythology. So I started diving down into that really hard. And I found I started wanting to locate places I want to explore, learn more about folklore, things I never would have thought in a million years I would be interested in. Yeah. I've always said that um, I could live to be 200, learn how to not eat or sleep, and I still wouldn't have enough time to look into research and learn all of the things that I would like in this world. It's There's so many possibilities. I can't understand how people are like, I don't know what I'm interested in. I, how do you not know what you're interested <laughs> there's in? There's so many things, too. It's like you could be interested in like, I know a my buddy, <laughs> let me tell you, he loves building Ikea furniture. I swear to God. And I don't understand it because that is the most tasking thing in my mind. But he gets a sense of relaxation from it. Like there's something, no matter how idiotic. Adult it, Legos. Exactly. It, <laughs> no matter how it might sound to someone else if it's whatever. It's about what interests you and what gets you that, you know, passerby. It's why video games are very popular nowadays because more of an audience could get attracted to it. You know, it's able to boggle your mind's attention 
for a few hours at a time. I mean, you play a couple games, you know, or something. Next thing you know, it's like the next day. Like, whoa, what happened? Where did the time go? You know, it's meant. Oh yeah, to do that it's a hobby for a reason. I actually want to get to into recently. I was like, well, video games aren't fun for me anymore. I do a lot of podcasting. I don't want to keep, you know, doing like 20 a day or something. So I'm like, maybe I should, you know, try and find something else besides the gym as well. And I was like, let's build models. I mean, that as a kid was the most difficult thing I've ever tried to do. But I'm like, I can see where people were interested in it, though, because it's a sense of relief. Like, you don't, you're, you're not, you know, you're not on the clock by anything. You're just building something at your own pace and watching this creation, you know, take basically, I guess, manifest in front of you. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that to create a more suitable or more, I guess, environmentally and mentally friendly world, we have to start being a little bit more positive and find something that interests us. You know, I always looked at all the elderly people that sat at the library reading books all day, like you're wasting your lives. And they're just like, <laughs> you got to read a book, son. I'm like, oh, no, why would I read a book? I'm not old. I'm, I'm young. And I actually found that like I ended up renewing my library card and was like, there's so much information in here and so many different topics to get interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I lose a lot of people, um, in conversation in real life because they ask me what I do for fun. I'm like, Oh, I, I, I read a lot. Like, Oh, what kind of things do you read? And I'm like, mostly textbooks. <laughs> I read my dictionary. Really. Yeah. That's actually, I, I do read the dictionary. Um, I, I used to do it when I was a kid as a punishment. And now like I bought Webster's dictionaries just to have in my house. Cause I'll randomly like, just like find a good word and I'll just walk around saying it, like learning it. I mean, I didn't know what boondoggle was and people are like, what, what do you mean boondoggle? I'm like, you're just boondoggling around right now. And they're like, what does that mean? It's like, you're supposed to be doing something, but you're just messing around, like playing on your phone or something. So yeah. I was like, that's a funny word. And I remember my dad did it as a punishment. He was like, you're failing English class. How do you fail English class? I'm like, I don't know. Just not learning English, I guess. And he's like, all right, well, here's a dictionary. I want you to write one page a day, write the full everything, the description, the word, everything on a separate piece of paper. You know, by a couple of years later, I was done with the dictionary. You know, I, I don't memorize every single word, obviously, but, you know, I know mm -hmm good amount to you know keep an intelligible conversation too a lot of it did soak in and it's it's interesting because i mean that's something a lot of people don't realize too like even though how boring that might sound to read a fucking dictionary like what do you want to do you want to go to the movies now i want to read the dictionary like no i mean that and any any reasonable person is not going to do that but it is something like i said you can find a form of relaxation in anything and i think a lot of people need to take the time to figure out what their relaxation is you know whether it's spending time with family the common ones that everyone always talks about you know uh hanging out with friends going out to a bar well a bar is not for everybody I'm 21 yeah. years old and I have never bought a legal drink of alcohol. So, you know, I don't go out and drink. So my friends just don't invite me to parties because they know I'm going to say no. I'm there if they need a ride, but it's mm -hmm. just not my forte. I can't get interested in that. But with podcasting, they'll hit me up and be like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm like, do you guys want to do a podcast? You guys want to hang out or something, do a bonfire or something? Next thing you know, we're all hanging out and we're just relaxing and just talking again. It doesn't need to be as popular or as big of a 
common thing, I guess you would say, is hanging out with your friends or hanging out with your family. But it can be as simple as just finding something that keeps your mind occupied and creates a bit of relaxation in a life that is filled with stress. Yeah, whatever works for you is perfect. It doesn't have to be what everybody else is into by any means. I have a theory that a lot of people are into the mainstream thing just because they don't know what else to be into. So they're like, they convince themselves that they like sports or they convince, like, I see it all the time with my, my grandparents and my mother-in-law. They're not into sports, but they try to be. And when people are around that they know are into sports, they'll bring up the games and it's all hollow talk, but they think that they're into it. That's why I don't like when we when uh, we have like family gatherings and stuff every like once every year or something. And it's like Thanksgiving. Everybody's sitting down watching football. I'm like, let's take the time to connect again. Everybody's just talking about football. I want to know, like, <laughs> how's grandma doing? You didn't know grandma died last year. What? I've been sending her text messages and calling her. I've been wondering why I go straight to voicemail. Like yeah. you, you start finding out things like this. There's a point where. I know the phone is probably the most popular sense of at least attraction and guess like keeping your mind off whatever now, but there are so many other things we could be doing that are more beneficial into our own lives. Maybe finding a deep down interest such as like building a birdhouse, I don't know, reading a book, just increasing your own intelligence. It seems like the phone has that reasonable source to look up information on it, but the things we choose to do is just sit and scroll mindlessly on Instagram or Facebook to the point where it's like, do you remember what you just did? And like, no, I was just sitting there refreshing Instagram over and over and over again, waiting for something new to pop up. Yeah, it's a problem. And I mean, I hopefully it gets fixed. I definitely think a lot of people need to take the time to isolate themselves from their phone. I mean, I try not to bring it into the store with me. I try not to go out into the world with it a whole lot, mostly because it's so big. It doesn't fit in my pocket anymore. So, you know, just carrying it around in my hand, I'm like, I might as well get a purse or a fanny pack. But I definitely think that if more people just took the time to be more in the moment and find better forms of relaxation, that we could probably create a better world. Oh, yeah, for sure. The the pieces are out there. The, you just It takes people and, uh, you know, some some take the initiative to spread these things that they should be doing, that everyone should be doing, to create a better society for everyone and whatnot. But it takes an individual's responsibility for themselves to look into it, to do the work to learn it, to work through their own issues and be a positive influence. I really believe in the uh, the power of the ripples, ripple effect. Yeah, like you, like one thing leads to another thing, leads to another thing, and leads to another thing. Well, um, like when you live life to the best of your abilities, you inspire other people around you to do the same, and then they inspire people around them to do the same, and so on and so forth. I can definitely get down with that. Um, I I know a lot of people that talk about us all being kind of connected, like a web. Mm-hmm. I definitely think like we definitely all affect each other's lives, no matter like how personal they are to you. Just in a normal everyday conversation can affect your life in a completely different way. Um, I definitely think that one person can change their actions. But if we only have that one person, you know, it's just one person doing that. 
I think that's enough that if everyone started doing it, you know, that one person started taking an initiative, you know, if everyone's like, I'm just going to work on me, not try and change anybody else. Next thing you know, you're going to see an overall increase in empathy in the world because everybody's going to be acting kind of the same when they start looking at the problems in their own life, which is, I yes. think, I think where a lot of aggression comes from is because we don't focus on the problems and we're in our own life. So we tend to just take it out on others. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. it's, like I said, it's a rocky slope. Um, so much about mental health there is left to be understood. And there's so much that we just, we think we got a grasp on it and we really don't. Like I tell people, we need to stop focusing on space travel. We need to stop focusing on whatever, going out into another dimension or the next iPhone 20 or Amazon Doing Alexa. Too much. Yeah. And focus on the things that are actual priorities that, that we're not handling as society, which is us as people. We need to learn yes. to be people again. When you when you heal the individual, you heal the society as a whole. Yeah, you can't you can't build a house on a shitty foundation. No, and we have a terrible foundation. That's for sure. Built like a Jenga tower, just waiting for someone to pull that block to fall. Yeah, everybody's hanging on by a thread. And, you know, um, our culture in America is, you know, suppress it. We don't want we don't talk about our emotions. Man up. You got to be strong, pull yourself together, push your emotions away. We don't want to talk about that. We want we just just do the thing that you're supposed to do. I'm not afraid to cry. My goldfish died. I (laughs) bawled my eyes out. (laughs) I'm not afraid of emotions either. I had my goldfish for two months. His name was Venom. I named him after the super or supervillain. Yeah. And he died and I knew he died. And I went, I guess, to school. Um, this was I yeah, this was probably when I was like 16. Not no, not 16. I'm not giving myself that shit. I'd say 14, maybe turning 15. My mom fucking changed him out. She like you were noticed. She's like, oh, he went to sleep. He's back. I'm like, I know he was dead when I left the house. I'm more <laughs> That's nice. So my mom would have been like, it died. Suck it up. It's just a fish. I'm like, what? I like caught her and I was like, I know it died. You know, like I'm not, I'm not like completely like unaware of it. Like you can't, I don't know. It was weird because I went to school and I was like, I got emotionally like, I was like, all right, I got this, you know, sucks. Can't believe I lost my fish. You know, got through the day, I get home and she's back. And I'm like, why is he a little bit different? Like, he just like had a different tail. And I was like, okay. All right. I see what you're trying to do. And I appreciate it. But no, flush this one down the toilet too. To the sewer it goes. <laughs> well, Savannah, I really appreciate you doing the podcast. It was awesome talking to you. And I really want to give Thank you, you for here, having me. I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your content a little bit too. So people can find your awesome work. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so. You can find me at earthandwater.co, C-O. Um, I talk about confidence, obviously, a lot of mental health things, anxiety, but I also do a lot of mind, body, spirit content. So it's very personal development oriented. Everybody can get benefits from it because everybody needs personal development. And um, a lot of it is directed towards moms like I'll write something um like with a mom in mind because I do the dual work and I run everything out of the same website but really it applies to most everything applies to everybody 
But uh, yeah, and then you can find me at earth and underscore water on Twitter and Instagram, which is where I'm most active. And I have a lot of free content, um, a chakra course, a minimalist course, um, working on a moon manifestation course right now. And all of that's free. And I'm also on YouTube, Facebook, you know, all of that. Do you try and be a minimalist? minimalist I, I am um there's a that's a whole other i've done podcasts on just that topic <laughs> i i like to always bring up this concept with hobos i think they're the the expert minimalists for sure <laughs> yeah because they, they don't they don't have a lot but you know what they do have is you know they don't really care about monks too yeah. those guys I like they that. are they're the ones that started it that's where it all started really i don't know if that's officially where it started but there because it's deeper than just minimizing what you have it's a whole mindset thing of not being connected to possessional items my cousin did that for a a very long time i think he still does he just doesn't buy anything he has he has i think a couple pairs of underwear and like a couple pairs of clothes and he just goes around like i'm good i don't need anything to be tying me down i can get up and leave whenever i want i'm like that's a crazy way to live, but I like your edge, kid. Well, you know, consumerism is based off of people trying to fulfill needs. And, you know, buying the new shirt or the new clothes may make you feel really good for a set amount of time, but you're not dealing with the underlying issues that have you feeling unwhole to begin with. Definitely. I mean, I look at monks and homeless people and I chalk them in the same category when it comes to minimalists, but like, I've met fake monks. I've met all these people. Like I live in a tourist attraction town. So you get to see carny type people here, people that are like interested in something or have a weird kind of thing about them. That's kind of their stick or their kind of thing that gets them attention. And uh, there's this dude who was walking up who was dressed like a monk and he was giving out wristbands. He was just walking up to people and putting it on their arm. And I saw him doing it at a distance. He was walking up to me and he comes up to me like, I, you know, opens up the wristband for me to stick my arm through. And I do. And then he goes, may peace be with you, and says this kind of little religious thing. And then he sticks out his money, um, his hand for a donation. I'm like, dude, I don't have any cash on me. I just got out of the beach. I'm in board shorts right now. I have no wallet, nothing. And he takes the wristband off me. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Like, damn. Like, that religious fortune cookie thing you gave me didn't mean crap without the, you know, the wristband. And he just keeps on walking, asking people for donations. I'm like, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. It's a hard life out there for a pimp, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Savannah, for being on the podcast. And stay tuned for another episode of Out of the Blank.